Welcome to today's show of Substances. Today, we are featuring Nadia Nadi, a young author whose book, The Feminist in Us, we found to be not only substantial, but also relevant and personally meaningful. Recently, feminine has gained more attention and momentum. However, it is also one of the most misinterpreted terms. Many associate feminists with man-haters or even activists seeking a female-dominated society. Nadia explains that feminism embodies both the ideas of equal opportunities in the political, social, and economic realms, as well as the differences men and women exhibit. The Feminist in Us hopes to expose the differences that women innately have and to utilize says differences as strengths. Women, Nadia says, are inherently tender yet strong through their words. They have the power to evoke meaningful emotions that allow people to reflect, to question, to gather, and to grow. Nadia includes a variety of inspirational quotes in order to recoin feminism as the basis of a positive identity. She writes that women need men as much as men need women. We hope you enjoy our show. You can find Nadia Nada's book, The Feminist in Us, in a few weeks on Amazon. You can also follow her on Instagram at fiercena underscore ddy and on her YouTube channel, Nadia Nadi. Enjoy the show. So Nadia, thank you for being on our show today. Could you begin simply by telling us about where you're from, what your background is, and what you're currently doing today? Okay, uh, my name is Nadia, and I'm from the coastal region of Kenya called Mombasa. And I have a bachelor's degree in public relations and communication, and I'm currently doing international relations and cultural diplomacy. Okay, so you recently released a book about feminism written from the lens of an African woman. Can you tell our listeners what your hopes for the book is? Okay, so first I hope everybody reads it. And even though it's written by a Kenyan woman, it really, everybody can, you know, relate to it, whether you're from a different background, religious back, different religious background and everything else. Anybody is supposed to read it, actually. And... Um, Secondly, I hope it changes people's mind. See, in my book, I involve both the men and women because I have quotes from different men and women from all over the world talking about feminism and why they think these misconceptions are actually blinding the whole ideology of this whole initiative or platform. So, yeah. So what can your readers take away from the book? What, what is your main message? Okay, well, my main message is I'm trying to tell people that there's a difference between self-expression and feminism. Because a lot of times you'll hear women saying, oh, I, I'm not a feminist, but I believe in equality. Or men will be like, oh, you know, feminism is just there for women to validate themselves, you know. So I am telling people, like, just because you see a woman... Uh, you know, expressing their period blood and saying that that's an expression of feminism, that is not feminism. Feminism is about self-love, it's about self-empowerment, and it's also about women coming together to work as one and also influencing men to solidify the feminist platform. So um, this past January, um, there was a women's march that started in Washington, D.C., in the United States, and spread across 
all consonants, which was pretty impressive. Was this written during your writing process? Did this occur? Did this influence your book? Um, or was it already in publishing? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that's the influence because from a very young age, I've been a very rebellious young girl. <laughs> and I've always been about like, you know, doing things my way because I come from a society that is male dominating. And I don't mind men dominating at all. But let's respect one another. Don't stand in the way of a woman's, you know, a woman's success. Don't stand in the way of what she wants to do. Don't break down her dreams and don't do all that. You know, as long as we respect each other's path, then I feel like there's no problem. But you know, the way now women are actually working so hard to be equal to men and forgetting about why feminism was there in the first place. We're trying to help the women who are depressed. You know, we're trying to help women who are going through gender violence, uh, I mean, sorry, domestic violence. We're trying to help women build themselves. We're not trying to man-hate. We're not trying to go out there and be like, yes, we have to be equal. And maybe in the household as well, you know, you have to be equal because women forget that we are queens. At the end of the day, a woman is a queen. You can never, for me, you can never be equal to a man but a man can respect you, and a man can promote you to become bigger than what you are. But why can't men and women be equal, in your opinion? Okay, for me, because, I mean, look at it this way. Women, we get periods. Okay. Men don't. Women, we can go through uh, PMS, and we are able to multitask. Men are able to do so, but not as perfectly as how a woman is. In the house, you can make a house much prettier than a man can. When there's some men that can do it as well, don't get it wrong. But I feel like at a certain point, we should celebrate our uniqueness. We shouldn't want to be equal. We can be equal socially. We can be equal politically. We can be equal economically. But let's not be equal as human beings. Let's all cherish each other's sectors and respect one another. Value the differences. Yes. Can you comment on the process of writing your own book and having it published while living and studying abroad? Okay, I'll say it's not easy. <laughs> First of all, you'll be broke. <laughs> like, I was broke for two to three months. I don't know how I survived, y'all, but I was broke. And, and this is because I'm published under Amazon. Amazon have their own publishing company called Creative Space. So there are different options. You can publish for free, it's fine, but I wanted it to be more global I wanted it I wanted my book to reach everywhere so I had to have sections where I pay for my publishing I had to pay for my book cover I had to pay for advertising you know so that all went from my pocket money and then another thing being a student and writing a book you have to have discipline and commitment you have to commit to it like every night I would write how many pages I've written in my book. And the days where I don't feel like writing, I would literally force myself because I would remind myself why I wrote it, why I'm writing it, and why I really, really want it. So I feel like if anyone wants to write a book and you're still a student, you have to first know why you want it. If you don't really want it so bad, don't do it because you won't make it at all. Do you think there is a difference between publishing with Amazon that like versus like going with a small publishing house that would reach kind of a smaller audience? Yeah. The benefit is see Amazon is worldwide. So if you purchase cuz they give you options whether you want to just do it maybe Amazon Europe or Amazon UK or Amazon America or you want to go worldwide. And what they do also they give you six options. So my book will actually be in three um, three libraries in the US. 
and also be in and one educational faculty and also be in two big bookshops. I don't know the name, sorry, but yeah, they'll also be in bookshops. So they give you, they help you get exposure. Whereas if you go to like a sole publisher, you're going to pay so much money for just them to publish it. Then you have to go to an advertiser, then you have to go to a marketing person, then you have to go to a salesperson when Amazon does it all for you at once. Yeah. Okay, so oftentimes I feel like the things we're writing that we're passionate about only reach the people that are also passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to go like the extra step? Because this is something that everyone needs to consume. Like you can be a feminist and you can be a man and you can be a feminist and you can be a woman who believes in equal rights. So how are you going to break the bridge from it being like, so other like Mm -hmm. students to being interested in it? Yeah. So, okay. What for me with my book, what I did was I didn't only talk about like feminism, you know, like do, 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 do everything about it. No, I have, uh, sections where I talk about I give because I'm an inspirational writer so I give inspirational quotes my personal quotes to both men and women I give uh, real life experiences like uh, when I had a situation where I almost got raped I also put it there I give um, I also chose like different male artists musicians philosophers um, businessmen to also have their own version of feminism but in a way that someone who's not interested in the topic would read it and be like, oh, you know what? It's actually something I could actually go for. So I kind of like mixed and matched it in a way that it caters for everybody around and kind of manipulating them in a positive way to join this <laughs> initiative. So, yeah. so your book is, even though it was written while you were over here, it's an accumulation of your whole life, all these influences in order to uh, broaden your audience. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, it, part of it is my real-life experiences because I lived in Malaysia, then I lived in Kenya, and sometimes I visit the Middle East as well. And then part of it is things that I've seen and read like around in the West, in Europe, in Middle East, and also other stuff. I Okay, I don't know, if, I don't know how people will uh, approach this, but I have two verses, one from the Bible and one from the Quran in my book. And I did that because, not because I'm saying every other religion is not relevant, but I feel like having, like I'm a Muslim, but I have family members who are Christian. So I've read the Bible, I've read the Quran, and they are verses that actually support both the woman and man. And I felt like I should put it in there because religion also plays a certain aspect when it comes to feminism. Because a lot of people have told me, how can you be a Muslim and be a feminist? And I'm like, you know... They're like, oh, you know, it says men have to be upper than you. So what I did, I took a verse that actually says a man and a woman have to work together. And the man has to push a woman higher in order for her to work. And I took a, two Bible verses as well that actually support that and say that a woman and a man have to work together. And the man has to actually give her a higher platform and help her achieve. I think that's a very effective tool that you use taking from these two religious books because in this day and age, yeah. media is always trying to make that divide between Christians and exactly. Muslims greater. So I think that's a great tool to unite and to highlight you know, something that is often overlooked in both religions. Exactly. So yeah, great, great note there. Thank you. How do you think you can change the situation that when you say that you're a feminist, when you're Muslim, Christian, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. atheist, how can you change it that there's a negative connotation or mm. just a preconceived notion about 
Okay, the first thing, I, and I've said this and I've said it a lot in my book, is that people need to differentiate between self-expression and feminism. This is the biggest thing that is stopping feminism because a lot of people are confusing it. A lot of women think by taking pictures online and having bleached underarms or pubic hair or having like uh, blood stains all over and all this other stuff, people are saying that is feminism. That is to me personally, it's not feminism. And I feel like for me to change people's ideologies, I need to first highlight on how important it is for people to know the difference between those two. And then secondly, people need to approach situations inside out in the sense that African feminism is different from European feminism, is different from Western feminism. Until people understand this, that is another way that we can actually stabilize feminism. We can let people accept feminism. And this is one big aspect because I've seen even in, like I'll say Kenya, people a lot of times they adapt things from Europe or from the States and then they bring them into Kenya and try to infuse them and inflict them upon us. But if you can't work like that unless you understand feminism from your own perspective and try to make people understand in your society, that's the only way we can actually resolve this whole misconception, this craziness that is going around. So, yeah. Even though they have different wow. okay. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like feminism and equality, you kind of said like they cannot be synonyms in the fact that like we each play our own role as men and as women, we each have our own way. But how can we how can we get to a point where maybe it is a synonym? Okay. Can you understand my question? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like again I'll say, unless we understand, you know, and the same way unless first of all women understand that there's a platform for everyone. Unless women understand that you and I, when we work together, we can make something beautiful. That's the only way the men will see this and be able to align with us. You see, we can't be able, we can't always stand up and say feminism, we want equal rights, we want this. When people from outside see women within each other, we fight. See women within each other stand against one another. We don't, as women, we are very bitter people. We can, I literally say that. You will see another woman prosper. You will not support that you will end up supporting someone else. So how are we supposed to work together if as one gender we have not uh, you know, uh, discovered what really binds us? Uh, bind, sorry, binds us. You know, if we start by that, let's find what binds us. Women have to understand that we all can work together. We all can, you know, the, the stage is big. It's big for all of us. If we all work together and we all achieve things in a, in a positive way, only then can we work towards like aligning the male and female gender together. So your definition of feminism wouldn't be, again, like you said, equality, be more self-love and yes. equal respect. Exactly, yeah. Because that's, I, in the book I defined, I said feminism, other than socially, economically, and politically, it's also self-love, self-empowerment, uh, and self-respect. Then respecting one another as genders. Like, both genders need to respect each other. So, yeah. What are the initiatives you think we can go through as women to work towards this? Like, what ways can we work together? I think the first thing you need to do, women, first, you, we have to look within ourselves. We have to know, like, who we are, what we are, what we stand for. That's the first step. And that's one thing that we lack. A lot of women don't know who they are. You know, everybody will be out there, yes, we want equal rights, this and that. But then if you ask her, okay, so you want equal rights in what way? Like, what do you believe in? What do you work towards? 
the woman won't tell you she won't know what she wants so we need to stop having this congregational you know protest and everything and first start looking within ourselves because a lot of us women sadly we are broken even i was broken i am still i'm still i mean patching myself together you know so i wouldn't say i'm fully you know like full-fledged perfect feminist no I'm also trying to, you know, understand myself, but it's through that journey that I've found that there is a big problem in ourselves. So before we jump into other things, that's the first thing we need to do as women. Yes. And um, so along the lines okay. of that, do you see feminism kind of continuing at a fast momentum following this like trend of protest or do you see it um, going like kind of the way that you think it should go? Um, well, I mean, if after people read my book, <laughs> then maybe you'll have a lot of people who would think like me. And I bet there are people out there who think like me. And if we continue thinking the way I am saying it, then we'll see it going into very slow momentum and into a very positive way. Because uh, feminism was there 40 years ago. Feminism will be there 40 years to come. But the way it was 40 years ago is not the way it is now. you know. And it's not going to be the way it's going to be 40 years to come. So we, we just need to first understand the, the essential. We need to understand the foundation. We need to like make the foundation stronger. And as I always say, and I'm not scared of saying this, feminism needs men as much as men need women. How do women stop seeing each other as competitors? Like, I feel like we often look at each other as, I mean, even in like relationships or just on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis, it's not like we always see our male counterparts as our like bigger competitors. Yeah. We often like break down women further and further and not use each other. Use each other, yeah. How, how, how do we do that? That's, that's actually very hard. <laughs> it's very hard because I was reading some stuff and there was an article that said it's actually genetics that women are like this, but I feel like it's society. Society, you know, and as much as media seems so pro-feminism, it's not, because media plays a huge part in breaking women down. It plays a huge part in separating us. So maybe, I don't know, if we just have more of, you know, platforms like yours, and we have uh, different initiatives different women come up with, and, you know, women accept that there is a problem and accept that they need to change. Maybe then we stop seeing ourselves like that because like for me, as I said, I come from a very domi male dominating place and I'm, I've slowly tried to you know, talk to young girls and like show them what to do. And in my family, I'm a rebel. So I fight with my family a lot. My dad does not understand anything until now why I do whatever I do. But I've seen like girls now coming together, they are working as one, they're, you know, standing up for what they want. So it's a slow process. Small groups can, can make a difference. So we just need to come up with different initiatives to work together. And it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, a woman, we all have one brain at the end of the day. So if we just accept that we, there is a pro problem and we want to change, then we can make a difference. I think, too, one of the most influential moments in moments in a woman's life is when she's becoming a woman when she's like going from being not gender neutral but you know from being just one of the you know, mm -hmm. a 10 year old to okay now like I have this like biological responsibility you know upon me and I think that too if your book can reach a girl at this age to love yourself and not you know you don't look like the, how the media is yeah. portraying exactly. how you should look 
um, I think that this would be very important yeah. to, to reach that that age and that demographic across the world. Mm. And and that's why I, I felt like it was really important for me. I have about 15 to 20 like uplifting quotes that focus on young girls, focus on old women, focus on middle-aged women. It doesn't matter. I had to put them in so that, you know, when somebody sits and reads that, you know, your mind will be like, aha, you know, or, you know, that. So I thought it was very important. And that's the same thing I do even with my blog, and now I've changed it. But I try to talk to girls. I try because I know how it is. It's so hard to transform from being that, you know, mean girl or being that crazy girl into something, you know, that you can stand up and have substantial things to say to people. So, yeah. You're practicing what you preach. Yes. <laughs> What do you do for self-love? Like, how have you become, I guess, over the past, like, your book is part of the process, but how have you become a woman who is, looks internally before you look externally, and have you used this, like, feminist objective and lens in your daily life? Well, I would say I, I have, because I was a very damaged girl at a young age, uh, because... I grew up thinking that, you know, I have to be perfect, you know, because I grew up as a very chubby kid. <laughs> so I had self-esteem issues and stuff like that. And I would always be angry and be mean to people and stuff. But with time, writing helped me. Writing was my outlet. So every time I would be angry, I would write. And sometimes it helps you sit down and talk to yourself. I would sit down and talk to myself and be like, hey, you know, I have this problem and I think somebody out there has a similar problem to mine. So what if I just write it down and just put it on the blog and it might reach somebody. And luckily, funny enough, it did. It reached like random people, not even in Kenya, like in uh, Malaysia, it reached in Singapore, in the US. I would get emails from girls telling me, thank you, you helped me out. And I would get like people asking me for advice. And I would tell girls like, if it gets tough and you feel like crying, cry. I'm biggest supporter of crying if you feel like nothing is going on just cry it all out because once all the tears come down then you feel good and once you feel good you'll notice that you know what I've achieved something you know and I'm not the only one who has this problem and I know somebody else is out there so just accept whatever you feel you know a lot of people push it out a lot of people try to be like no I don't want to feel like this you know I'll be weak no being weak is the strength you have to be weak in order to be strong. You have to fall in order to be what you are today. So, yeah. Do you think we can use social media to kind of repaint what this image of yes. being a woman is? Yes. Like, we have this ideal objective of what being a girl is, yeah. but... We can. The same way the same way media is using it to tell us how a woman should be, how she should talk, how she should live, we should now counteract. We should do the same thing, but in a very positive way, overshadowing all this BS, sorry. And a lot of girls are doing that, but it's just that sometimes, you know, it's like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, it depresses girls. It depresses people because you see a girl, she has it all. She has the Bentley, she has the, the house, she goes on expensive trips, but people don't think, what does this girl have to go through to do this? People need to understand, girls need to understand, you don't have to have a Bentley to make it. You don't have to go to an expensive holiday to feel good about yourself. All you need is to have something that you're passionate about, something that makes you happy. You should embrace it fully and just be who you are. Um, for your future career, do you think writing is going to be your path? Or is um, it something more uh -huh. career path? Okay, well, um, writing, it's, it's because I started off as a blogger and now author, 
being an author. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I think, yes, it will be one of my career paths, an author, because I have so many things I would like to say. And I, I, I feel like my purpose, this might sound weird, but I feel like my purpose is to stand in front of young girls. I want girls to look at me as the force. And when I write, I don't write as a perfect person. In my book, you will notice I am not perfect. I tell people my flaws. I tell people what I've done wrong. I tell them everything. Then I bring out what I'm doing, you know, and what has helped me. So my, I feel like I'll write more and have books that will help girls in a positive way. But other than that, like, I started this... Um, it's like a consultancy, it's image and communication consultancy. I started in Kenya. And I did my first event before moving here, and it was called 21st Century, uh, Empowering Young Girls in the 21st Century. So it was a brunch, it was a style brunch. So I brought in fashion, I brought in fitness, I brought in health, and I brought in like a life coach. And I had all these uh, women and young girls come. And we had like nice food, but we also talked about different things. So that was my first initiative. I feel like maybe once I'm done with school, I will focus more on that because I want to have this platform where I can do fancy events, but also educative events to help young ladies and also old women out there to be more positive, to be more caring, to be more empowered and uplifted. So. Do you want the focus to be in Kenya no, itself, or do no. you want it to be okay? No, see, I, I have a like yeah. for me, even my book. As much as I'm a Kenyan woman, I try to touch on every part of the world, and that's why I added people. So this thing that I, I mean, the consultancy that I have, of course, I'm going to start in Kenya, but I'm going to make it broad. Like I want it to be the platform for women in Europe, in Asia, in the West, in Canada, in Australia, and so forth. Um, uh, well, we hear. I, I love how you are trying to be maybe like a focal point or like a focal person for a lot of girls mm -hmm. out there who need help, maybe in their darkest times, or some some girls who don't know what feminism is through your books and, and uh, your blogs. Was there someone in your life who was that kind of a woman for you, who kind of showed you the way? <laughs> well, in the book, the first page it talks about four women in my life which is my grandmother, my mother, my and my two my mother's two sisters. So they're all different. My grandmother, she she got married to her first husband and then got divorced and got married to her second husband. He died, which is my grandfather. He died and she decided to just take care of her kids. So when, you know, back home, uh, I'm half Arab and half Kenyan. So, you know, like we always grow up with our grandmothers and they're always, so she was always there with me. She would always raise me in such a fierce way, like I'm always saying things as it is and whatever. Then we have my mom who she's very, she's a feminist, but she's very tender, she's very loving, she's very soft. And then you have her two sisters. One is like no BS at all. And then we have the other one who's crazy, but at the same time, they still taught me how to be a strong woman but also, let's say if I'm ever going to get married, to be that caring, loving kind of girl. So these four women are what I am today. Because I've seen them cry, I've seen them fight, I've seen them do everything, but they showed me like black and white. So that's why I, am, I wrote the book and I am who I am today. So yeah. Is there anything else that you just want to tell the world? Like if, like, what's, 
what's the last thing on your mind that you have one statement that we can reach all the people to grab this book where to grab it uh, why okay. to grab it so first I want to say like girls should stop this whole craziness of wanting to be perfect and wanting to you know have it all at 21 or 25 because everyone has a different you know story in their life you should just don't run walk enjoy every bit if you're going through a lot of crazy times accept it embrace it if your if your life is perfect embrace it but also humble yourself down because at the end of the day life is too short to run what are we running from what are we running towards and yes let's fight for equality but let's not forget we are female let's not forget to be soft let's not forget to be tender let's not forget all these things because it is who we are it's women women are we are beautiful i say we are queens you know like you need to you know just Claim it. We are queens. No matter where you're from, we are queens. So, yeah, just be like that. And for the book, the book will be out in like um, a week or two, and it will be available worldwide on Amazon. So if you want my book, uh, just follow me on Instagram because that's where I upload everything. It's fiercena underscore ddy. That's where you'll find it, and you'll find the link there as well. And, yeah, if anyone has a question, just... Type in Fierce Natty and you'll find me anywhere <laughs> online. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it. Well, thank, thank, you. Right. Thank, thank you so much. Queen Nadia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to today's show. It is our hope that you leave today with a greater appreciation and a larger amount of respect towards the women in your life. If you are a woman, we hope that you will think of new ways to work with other women in the world. If you are a man... We hope you will find ways to empower and to support your sisters, mothers, and significant others. Feminism is about embracing our inherent differences on a common path towards greater opportunities for all. Please send all of your questions and comments to dosageofrepartee at gmail.com. We'll feature questions on our next show and look forward to hearing from you.